Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. Uh, my name is Colin on the C, and with me is Zijan the Z. Zijan, we made it. We made it to episode two. I know, and to all those doubters out there, ha, we've proved you wrong. You've had a lot of hate mail, have you? <laughs> nah, but just in case. Yeah, mm. you know what I've realised this week is, is if we have any American listeners, they call it the C to Z of movies. My brother said it's better to call it the C to Z of films. It does It does sound a bit better, It sounds it? better. And yeah, I'm Malaysian, so we need to cater to an international audience anyway. Okay, we could alternate or something. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm British, and I, I, I feel awkward saying Z. Well, anyway, last time we didn't talk much about uh, ourselves, so um, let's do that now. We're, we're both actuaries. Do, should we tell people we're actuaries? No. <laughs> no? You can Google what an actuary is. There must be something in the actuaries code against doing this kind of thing. Yeah, you probably um, shouldn't say that you're an actuary. Now they're going to take all our advice as, um, you know, the Bible. Yeah, like that could happen. <laughs> it's a minor risk, I think. Um, let's talk about the, the movies. People occasionally ask me what kind of movies you're into. I always find that a really hard question to answer. Um, I always find it easier to say what movies I'm not into. So uh, basically, I don't watch any horror films uh, at all, and I tend not to enjoy action films that much but other stuff I will I will watch and uh, enjoy you don't watch Disney either Colin I don't watch much Disney that's true yes cartoons I, I tend to not watch too much of which you watch a lot of which by the way you're missing a lot on uh, yes maybe maybe a future episode you can convert me into uh, animation yes what kind of movies do you like Susan I like Disney <laughs> I like Disney. Disney. I like Pixar. This podcast, I like, yeah. I like this podcast isn't yet sponsored by Disney, but uh, we're open to it. Yeah, but I'm the same as well as you. Um, I do not like horror films at all. Um, I think the last time I saw a horror film was The Conjuring, and I actually brought a pillow <laughs> into the cinema so that I can hide behind the pillow and look oh, at dear. one quarter of the screen each time. The music builds up so that I don't have to see the whole film at all. I, I do occasionally kind of find myself gazing in like upwards or kind of trying to blank my vision a bit so that I can miss out on the really scary bits. But uh, I, I don't mind kind of really old old horror like your, your Psycho or something like that, which, or even, um, uh, what's it called? Um, this is not good. I just don't get the appeal though, that's the thing. Like Most of them are just jump scares and it's a lot of manipulation. You just build the music um, slowly increasing the tension as you go along and boom something scary happens and everyone freaks out I just don't like it I don't like it at all yeah and I, don't, I really don't like the kind of psychological horror stuff either I don't, I don't understand why people watch that that doesn't seem fun so we're probably not going to talk much about that in the future but otherwise uh, I'm into the, most of the, the blockbusters as well as the kind of uh, low budget dramas and things like that mm-hmm. so a, yeah I've only started range. watching f- movies seriously in the like the past few years or so, so I don't really know a lot about the classics as well. How does one watch? How does one watch a movie seriously? Is that like, well, you know, <laughs> on a regular basis, <laughs> scratching your chin and uh, making notes with, with, with um, critical thinking. That's, that's it. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I have watched quite a few classics over the last few years, trying to get into the. Uh, we're watching a bit of Hitchcock and things like that. Um, I've not seen the Hitchcock so, film. You've not seen a Hitchcock No, film. you can see the oh, gaffes of all our listeners now. <gasps> yeah, I've not seen a Hitchcock film ever. Well, we'll have to do something about that. Oh, no, actually, I've seen Birds. Birds is Hitchcock, isn't it? There you go. And, and kind of horror. 
Yeah, so there goes my not seeing Hitchcock or horror. There you go. We're just we're just lying to all our listeners. Speaking of which, we've only, we're only one episode in, and I've realised I lied last time. What do you like? Um, I said that Gwyneth Paltrow had filmed scenes for Captain America: Civil War. Apparently, she didn't. In my defence, I read it in Empire magazine, so they were wrong first. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, quote the source now. Yeah, um, yeah. Last time I was pretending it was my own research, but. Uh, so, so apologies to our listeners for that uh, that piece of misinformation, but we'll we'll t- try and tell the truth this time. Let's uh, let's start telling the truth about the news. Do you have any news, Dijon? Yeah, I've got a few. Um, <laughs> uh, the first one is quite a funny one. So you know, the currently there's a huge ongoing battle between Marvel and DC. Sure. Basically, the Marvel fans versus the DC fans, and that's just gone. Uh, way extreme now so there's actually a petition All right. <laughs> created to stop Disney from paying critics so I'm going to quote uh, the, the what it says on the petition, petition page right now so it says that there is growing evidence that Disney has been continually paying critics to attack non-MCU movies MCU really? movies are safe they're not challenging at all <laughs> Just like a comic book movie is supposed to be, in quotation marks. They're not divisive or thought-provoking. First, they bash Batman vs. Superman. Then they cleared BVS out of the way, gave Civil War, which wasn't a perfect film, an Oscar. Now they're going to work on moving Apocalypse out of the way. Then they get offended when they're accused of accepting gifts. Yeah, I wonder why that's the case. (laughs) And then films like Days of Future Past, received good reviews due to the fact that it came out in 2014 when there was hardly any competition from MCU films. Had the movie been released in 2015 against Ant-Man, it would have suffered the Man of Steel treatment. And finally, we need to raise awareness of this global plan to keep out films creative or, or risky, uh, or risk having everything fall under Disney, the Disney label. And Disney needs to stop being greedy. I mean, I mean that all could be true. Or, or it could just be that Batman v Superman wasn't very good, no. <laughs> uh, and Captain America was. Yeah, uh, I saw it. Uh, I saw this petition on Wednesday, and it had about four hundred supporters. So it's getting okay. lots of track. Disney's not paying us, are they? No, they're not. No. Uh, no, clearly it's not. <laughs> it's a shame. Yeah. Well, we, in this case, we should start. Uh, we should start picking up DC films and hoping they pose. Um, yeah, but it's insane, though. Like, have you been on IMDb recently? Because the message boards on IMDb, especially for Batman vs Superman, has just gone bonkers. You you see people defending Batman vs Superman to the grave, and you okay. also see other people attacking Batman vs Superman. Yeah, <laughs> and there you go. It's just got blown out of proportion. This whole rivalry here. I mean, well, speaking of uh, speaking of MCU, I uh, got a couple of bits of news relating to the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, so you may have seen uh, this last week that uh, a Black Widow solo movie might be happening. I think Kevin Feige said they were creatively committed to it, which seems incredibly vague. And so there's no dates and there's no, nothing, uh, nothing promised. But that sounds like it could be happening. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a great, great idea to me. I'm a big fan of Scarlett Johansson. I think she's really good as that character. What about well, you, Zijan? Would you watch that? Well, Black Widow is a good character, but and I do agree that the MCU does not have many solo female characters in films. I think the only one that's coming up is Captain Marvel. And that's been postponed quite a bit now that they've put Spider-Man into their 
or to the, the roster. schedule. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So it's been postponed quite a bit. And the thing with um, Black Widow, I she she plays it really well, and it's a very good story. But I find that her story has already been properly established anyway, because she's been in quite a major character in the Captain America films. She is quite major in the last Avengers film when she was a Hulk Whisperer. Um, yeah, so I don't really think that she needs her own film. See, I think it'd be a good chance for them to do something a bit different because she doesn't have the superpowers, so she can't. It can't be a kind of big universe-ending battle or or kind of clash of superheroes. It'd have to be a kind of a spy mission or, or something like that, where we get to see a bit lower level. Probably the stakes a bit lower, mm. maybe a bit more character-based. And uh, as I said last week, I was a big fan of the um, Black Widow Hulk. Uh, pairing. Yes. So this is this is my if I if I was starting a competition, which I, which I'm not, um, it would be for uh, for a, a two hander with those two. Maybe a bit of um, Hawkeye as well. He seems to go go well with uh, Black Widow. I think it'd be good to have a, a lower level film like that. But yeah, as you say, they've got a big roster going out to whenever it's 2021 or something. And uh, I suppose they could move it around. They've moved quite a few other films around. But, uh, yeah, but this uh, thing, I don't want to watch Infinity Wars when I'm 60. Okay. <laughs> They'll get there. They'll get there. Um, speaking of, of uh, MCU news, hot off the press in that I just saw it on Facebook five minutes ago, uh-huh. uh, Michael B. Jordan might be in Black Panther. Ooh. Uh, yeah. He's a very fine actor. He was in, uh, I played uh, Creed in the film Creed, uh, which came out earlier this year. He was uh, in Fruitvale Junction. Um, and of course, he was in everyone's favourite uh, uh, superhero film, Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, the best superhero film ever. That's right. Um, so much better than all that MCU rubbish. Yes, definitely. For those of you who haven't seen Fantastic or heard Minor Zijan's previous opinions on it, it was not successful, I think is a fair... <sighs> You're so British, way. Colin. It's, it was just <laughs> awful. It was just plain awful. But apparently, again, more more superhero news, that, um, they are considering a sequel with the same cast. Yes, uh, I saw that bit. I'd watch it. I don't know. The one reason, so they explained that they wanted to make the new the sequel less dark and gritty. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. But the problem with the first film wasn't that it was dark and gritty. The problem with the first film was that it was there was no middle. It didn't make any sense. No, um, it was nonsensical. <laughs> it was the it was weird. <laughs> it was just a weird piece of film. <laughs> But but they're such good actors that could work. We shall see. It's never going to happen. Yeah, but, especially if uh, Michael B. Jordan's jumping up. If to Fox MCU. thinks that the problem is being dark and gritty, then yeah. it's the thing. It's the same case with Batman vs Superman. All the fans think that the issue with Batman vs Superman and why critics hated it was because it was you know too grim, too dark, too gritty. Yeah, and that's not really the reason. <laughs> the real reason is just that. It wasn't a good it was story. A huge, that's it. It was a huge mess. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's, that's the main problem. And there's so many dark and gritty films out there that I do enjoy. I enjoy the Dark Knight trilogy. And I do yes. enjoy yeah. Daredevil on Netflix. Yep. And there's dark and gritty. And yeah, I just hope that they don't, you know, I just hope that they actually understand why people hated the film in the first place and not go about changing things that they think are wrong in the first wrong with the film yeah well you never know we might get a good one eventually you got any more news CJ? Uh, just a quick one 
It's about the upcoming Jumanji film. Oh yes. Yeah. So do you know that Dwayne Johnson's in it? Uh yes yeah. yeah. The Rock. Uh, I think uh, Jack Black has signed up for it as well. So I hear. Yeah. yeah. Um and um Dwayne has mentioned Dwayne uh, that <laughs> your first name terms with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> yeah, has mentioned that um the German uh, the new Jumanji film will be done to honor Robin Williams. Okay. Yeah, and he said that quote unquote that an important thing that I want to be honest um, and bring up is Robin Williams. The love and respect I have for this man is boundless. You have my word. We will honor his name and the character of Alan Parrish will stand alone and will be forever immortalized in the world of Jumanji in an earnest and cool way, which I think is pretty cool. Okay, because hmm. it's it's set in set in the same universe, is it? As a kind of sequel rather than a rather than a reboot. Yeah, I think so, and. I enjoyed the first Jumanji film. Yeah, it uh, it was fun. I used to watch the cartoon series. I think yeah, it actually. Before, me too, actually. Before I saw the film. Yeah, yeah well, that was what I said was with Jack Black going in there because he was just in Goosebumps, which you saw, didn't you? Yes. Yes, I, I didn't see that one, but I saw saw the trailer, and that was basically playing Goosebumps as Jumanji with all the all the monsters coming out of the books, and obviously Jumanji, all the animals coming out of the game. Oh yeah, you're right. I didn't so, see that way. So clearly he's uh, clearly he's shown that he can do it. Mm-hmm. You can run away from CTI stuff, chasing him. That's the important thing. Have you seen uh, Zatura? Is it Zatura? No. Uh, Zathura. Zathura, yeah. That's the one with the young Christian Stewart and the young... Oh, what's his name? Peter Malak. Josh Hutchison. Oh, right. Yes, that's him. Good work. Yeah. Well, of course, Jumanji's got a young Kirsten Dunst. So yeah. That's... People before they're famous, keep an eye out for whoever the young stars of this one are. I have one more piece of news, Tijan, and it, it might be upsetting to you um, because it's about people being cast in Star Wars. Uh-huh, and, and I know that I know that you were unsuccessfully auditioned for Star Wars. Um, I know, and such a waste as well. Waste of good talent. Couldn't you see me in the next Star Wars film? I would, I would love to see exactly. you in the next Star Wars film, but one character you will not be playing is the new Han Solo, uh, who has been played by, let me get this right, Alden Ehrenreich. Which is actually What's... not that hard a name to say, <laughs> but Alden Ehrenreich. If you say that a hundred times, you probably get it right once. So one of them. That's a harder name than Harrison Ford. Ehrenreich. Um, he was. Uh, he was. I'd say the best thing in Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar was a slightly disappointing film came out earlier this year. Lots of stars who were barely in it, and he played um, kind of a, a Western star in Golden Age of Hollywood. He was being moved into uh, kind of playing an upper class gentleman, and and there's. Kind of the, the comedy around him not being able to uh, to get the dialogue or, or the voice, um, and he was he was very good in that. Very much not a Han Solo type character, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how he can how he can do that. But it's one of the few thing, times I can think of when someone is playing a character uh, who's very well loved um, around the same time the previous film was set. So you occasionally get kind of sequels who recast, or you get in the Star Wars universe, say Ewan McGregor playing the Alec Guinness mm. role. But Alden, I'm not going to say his surname, um, is having to play the character Harrison Ford played brilliantly, um, but set only a few months or years before uh, Star Wars Episode Four. How old is right, he? That's really, really tough. Uh, I'm not sure. I'd say he's probably uh, mid twenties. And how old is uh, um, the Han Solo character going to be? Well, he was. It's set shortly before Episode Four, mm-hmm. apparently. Well, apparently he's going to make um, a cameo in uh, Rogue One, which comes out this year, okay. uh, which is set. Yeah, really close to episode four, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if like how how young they're going to play him. Whether it's going to be, I mean, it could be ten years before, I guess, if they want to do a really kind of origin story. 
but I got the got the feeling it wasn't too too long before episode four. So there's been a role that lots of people have been rumoured to be uh, playing the part, and I think he's as good as anyone else he's been rumoured. Um, let's not review him until he started doing that, I suppose. But, uh... The most exciting piece of news, of course, is that we now have an email address. Oh! Um, I know, yes. I know. We are finally so, uh, in the modern age. <laughs> yeah, no more paging for us. Nope. Um, so if, if you're listening to this and you think, I'd love to give them my ideas and my thoughts... Uh, you can now do that uh, at c to z of movies at gmail dot com, or if you're American, uh, sure. it's c to z of movies at gmail dot com. That's right. Um, and if you're from Malaysia, which one is it? Z <laughs> c to z of movies you know. at gmail dot com. Uh, but I'm sure we'll, we'll put the uh, email address in, in the in the text description below, so uh, you don't need to remember it. But yeah, give us uh, give us your thoughts, give us your ideas. Um, uh, send us uh, abuse. Who knows. Uh, and uh, we'll read some out on the next uh, show. Well, in fairness, we knew we'll probably read them all out. Um, so one thing you can email us about, there's a new segment we're going to try next time called, uh, well, I'll call it Recasting the Classics. We can, we can change the name later. Um, so there's a game that a friend of mine called Pete uh, once suggested. You think of a classic film or an older film, and uh, think, well, who would I want to play those parts if it was being made today? So uh, an example I've got is Wall Street. Um it's not going to work too well for us because you've not seen Wall Street or Easy Jump. Nope. But, um, no, but hey, I'll be quick. Charlie Sheen and Michael Douglas. Uh, Charlie Sheen played a kind of young rookie who was getting into the world of stock trading. Michael Douglas was his uh, uh, cynical boss. Uh, the phrase greed is good came from there. Uh, I think, well, who, who would I cast in those roles now? So I've come up with uh, Jesse Eisenberg to play the Charlie Sheen role. He's kind of you know, young, a bit naive, but then he gets a bit of an edge to him. And Denzel Washington. Um, okay. As, as the Michael Douglas character, so yeah, you can you can change the race, you can change the gender if you want. Okay. Um, so let's, let's let's not talk too much about that. But th- those are my ideas for for Wall Street. Yeah. And what we're throwing out now is uh, Shawshank Redemption. So everyone's seen the Shawshank Redemption, so that should be easy. Uh, Zizi and I will we'll come up with our ideas for who should play the uh, the Tim Robbins and the Morgan Freeman roles. Mm-hmm. And uh, please come up with your ideas as well and send them to this. Yeah, and suite. please make sure that the films that you've chosen uh, in the last 20 years or so, uh, I've probably not seen them. Uh, yes, yeah, fair enough. But we've all seen Shawshank Redemption. Um, so send in your actors, Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, who would you cast? And uh, we'll pick that up next time. Hooray. Oh, let's move segment. on. Zizi a new segment and another new segment now. Um, Zijan, have, have people ever said to you, "What's your favourite film that begins with a number?" Well, you you did last week when we were preparing for yes. this segment. So yes, once there you go. You might like. <laughs> well, I'm sure that everyone is in the same position, but um, no one's ever asked me except I, I asked myself. Uh, so best film beginning with a number. Uh, the Jump Street series, Twenty One Jump Street, Twenty Two Jump Street. Of course. I thought they were brilliant. They were very funny. They were very, very funny. Yeah. And Channing Tatum can actually act. He can, and not just pose topless. Yeah. And Jonah Hill was quite thin for a while, wasn't he? I wonder if he's going to slim down again for the next uh, Jump Street film. Oscar nominee Jonah Hill. Oscar nominee Jonah Hill. Yeah. Channing Tatum's never been nominated for an Oscar, has he? No, he hasn't. Well, that's a bit harsh. He was very good in, uh, in Foxcatcher. I thought he was uh, the best person in that. But, uh... mm. What do you have for Okay, Ernest? shall I go? Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an impassioned plea for 13 going on 30. Um, oh, I <laughs> was thinking of putting it on my list, but I've changed my mind. I went for the other film, 17 again. Okay, featuring uh, Matthew Perry in a supporting role. Your favourite Matthew Perry. My favourite Matthew Perry. 
Speaking of whom, Three to Tango, also on my list of uh, films. Matthew Perry and Nev Campbell in a hilarious rom-com. So what do you like about 13 Going on 30? I think Jennifer Garner is is very good in 13 Going on 30. She plays a 13-year-old who suddenly becomes 30. Mm. Which actually reminds me, in in international markets it was called um, Suddenly 30, I think, which which takes it off this list. Um, and has a charming Mark Ruffalo in the days when Mark Ruffalo was still doing rom-coms before he got all serious. Mm. And uh, the, the dance scene where they, they danced to Thriller. Check that on YouTube. It's great fun. We probably ought to be mentioning things like uh, 12 Angry Men or uh, Seven Samurai. What are those films? Nest. Yeah. Uh, those classics. Because we, we may have lost some credibility. <sighs> well, I may have lost some credibility. The next classic I have on my list is The 40-Year-Old Virgin. <laughs> That's a classic. At least it wasn't. At least it wasn't Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was a really good film, and I thought that um, that raised Steve Carell's profile by quite a bit, actually. And he he did yes, a really good did. job in that film. And they danced to was it the Age of Aquarius at the end? Oh, yeah. We're only going for films with great dance scenes. Great dance scenes. Um, it begins with a number as well. Say what you like about 12 Angry Men, there was no great dance scene in that Exactly, film. and that's why it's on our list. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of, uh, of film, well, it doesn't have a dance scene, but it does have music. I, I think maybe, possibly my, my let's say it's my favourite, I'm not sure it is, but let's go with it. Um, it's a film called Ten Years, which I'd be fairly sure you haven't seen, because it barely got released. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. But it's, it stars it. Channing Tatum again. Oh, Channing Tatum well was, done, Channing Tatum. Yeah, there you go. He's, he loves films that begin with numbers. <laughs> Um, and well, well, the amazing thing is that the cast are almost all people who weren't that famous then, but have since become very famous. So it's got um, it was came out in about twenty eleven, probably something like that. Um, so sort of China Tatum's got Kate Mara and Oscar Isaac and Chris Pratt um, and uh, Anthony Mackie, who's playing the Falcon in the MCU films. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's all about a, a ten year reunion. These people going back to um, back to their high school after ten years. And I think what's really clever about it is it, it plays out. Well, it starts off very kind of standard tropes, and you think you know exactly what's going to happen, but then it plays out quite differently to uh, to your expectations, and kind of uh, has some uh, more subtle messages than you think it might. So, uh, check that one out. Well, have you have you got a definitive favourite, Susan? I don't think so. I think probably the Jump Street series. Um, I've listed like the Hundred One Dalmatians as well. I love that. Oh yeah, because yeah, back back to Disney. Yeah, back yeah. to Disney, and I actually like the live action film more as well. The one with uh, Glenn Close as Cruella Deville. So looking forward to the um, the prequel with Emma Stone originally. Mm. But I thought it was done really really well for a film about dogs. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, Glenn Close really hammed it up, and it was just really nice to see. Well, there you go. Um, semi-definitive uh, best films beginning with a number. Yep. Uh, we, we may do more on that kind of segment in the future. Uh, again, if you have any ideas for that, send them in. Uh, but the, the main uh, topic today, which we probably should have said at the beginning, mm-hmm. maybe we can edit that in, uh, time travel movies. So we're talking um, time travel in the movies. Uh, last last week it was a in-depth discussion of just one film. This time I'm going to cover quite a few, I think. So um, I should probably stay, say at the start, Back to the Future might be my favourite movie. Um, I love it. Everyone knows it. It's wonderful. Um, but I don't think 
we're going to have time to kind of go into an in-depth uh, discussion about the future. But I'll just put that out there. But my, my initial thought is that there are two different ways of doing time travel in movies, um, or I guess in, in books or whatever else. Um, one of them says there's only one kind of timeline, and even though you're going back and forth in time, everything's already predestined. And one says you can go in and out of it and change the future. Yep. Um, so I, I tend to refer to those as the Back to the Future or the Terminator ways of doing time travel. So Back to the Future, he sets up alternate timelines. He's seen Back to the Future 2, he goes back into 19... Well, fact, even Back to the Future 1, he goes back to 55 and changes the future 85, and then he dots around and has another alternate 85, and blah de blah Whereas in Terminator, although they're not entirely consistent... Um, there seems to be a kind of a, a loop where we say, well, so the Terminator went back in time and left his arm behind, and that's how we made a Terminator in the first place. So it's kind of a predestination was already there. Then, of course, Terminator deviates into having lots of alternate timelines anyway. But uh, those are the two, two systems. Do you, uh, which do you think works better? Do you have a view on that? Oh, um, I have to say I prefer the one that you cannot change your past. The one where okay. um, whatever you've done in the past has already happened already and you can't do anything to change it and it's just one single time stream I like that the idea more because I think having parallel dimensions <laughs> makes it a little bit more convenient to yeah to shape your story because yeah well, I can do whatever I want now whereas when you have uh, something along the lines of oh, I can't change the past then it makes it uh, for me at, at least more more interesting to watch so films that in that pay tribute to that are Harry Potter and a Prisoner of Azkaban, for example. Yeah, so so in that one they they go in well they don't go very far back, do they? they go a no, day or so back. But and um, whatever that happened in the past happens, and it can't it couldn't be changed at all because it was Harry that saved Harry in the end, wasn't it? From the Dementors when yeah. he passed the Petronas, yeah. Yes, because he thought it was his, his father, but it was actually him. Yes. My, my problem with that, I mean, I, I like those ideas. They can, they can have some kind of neat touches like like that one. But I feel it leads to paradoxes quite a lot. Because, of course, you can change the past. I mean, so if, if say, he, he'd gone, like he, I don't know, he'd seen that there was a tree somewhere. They went back and cut the tree down. Yeah. What, what's going to happen? I mean, they can't just, you can't stop him from cutting that tree down. He, well, I've chosen a bad example because trees are hard to cut down. But let's say, let's say he had an axe with him. Um, and so you kind of have to work around that to say, well... Something has stopped him from cutting the tree down. Yeah. Basically. And to, yeah, it can work in a film. I guess it always always strikes me as a... I'm going to say impossible. I mean, it's time travel, so it is impossible. <laughs> so so fair enough. Um, yeah, but it made it convenient in the in, in the film and the books as well, though, because um, there was a rule that McGonagall told Hermione um, oh, yeah. when she had the time turners is that you cannot be seen, you cannot be heard by other people, you have to do everything secretly because if some if you've been seen, I'm not sure what happens. What the whole universe explodes right. into itself or something? It's, it's, like, it's like that line in Back to the Future. Yeah. Sorry, Back to the Future 2, actually. Um, this could cause a paradox which would destroy our entire universe. Of course, as a worst-case scenario, the destruction may be limited just to our own galaxy. Um, that's the danger of paradoxes. I felt always felt the Harry Potter thing was a bit of a cop-out in that they, they had this really powerful time-travelling uh, mechanism and then just said oh no we can't use it for other stuff it's too dangerous they got destroyed Colin when the Ministry of Magic <laughs> was attacked they can't use it when for anything else when someone conveniently knocked a shelf exactly <laughs> why did we store our time travelling devices on a single shelf well <laughs> maybe it's a lesson for next time then <laughs> um, uh, another film which uh, 
pays tribute to one timeline. It's the time traveler's wife. You yes. can't have yeah. time travel without the time traveler's wife. Because uh, in, in that one, he uh, his his mother dies fairly early on. Um, that's not a spoiler. That's kind of scene one. Um, and he keeps going back to try and stop it happening, but he can't. Isn't he? In fact, have you read the book? I've read before? the book. Yes. Yeah, because they they very clearly play on that with when um. They're trying to prove that there is some sort of free will in this, and someone writes their name on a yeah on a bit of paper, and then gets scared and rips it off. So, in fact, you would never have seen it in the first place. Well, I'm actually not a big it? fan of either the book or the film. It's yeah. Well, I know it's what it's hyped up as being like one of the most romantic love stories of all time, but. To be honest, it's just a, who who has said who said well, it's one of the most romantic <laughs> stories of all time. Some no people, some people, a few, a few people. <laughs> but it's just that it's just it's really creepy if you think about it because it's a forty-year-old <laughs> man grooming like a thirteen-year-old girl to be his future wife. Yeah, that's that's difficult to defend. It is. Um, it really is. He came to her when she was like thirteen or six and said, "Hi, I'm going to be your husband. You're going to marry me." Boom, boom, boom. Like that is the creepiest thing ever. I mean, I I don't want to, I don't want to record a um a defense of that because that could not play well um for me. So <laughs> so let's just say I agree with you. Yeah. It's- um, I really love that film. Actually, the first time I saw it, I've seen it maybe three or four times, and uh, each time I see it, I like it a little bit less. I'm not quite sure why. You've seen it uh, three maybe, and four, three or four times. I think I have. Yeah, I really, I really did like that film a lot when I first saw it. I um, prefer the ending in the book to the film as well. Let's not, let's not give away the ending. No, nope. but um, I preferred the book ending. I prefer the book ending as well. Yeah, it's so much better. There you go. Um, speaking of of Tom Jarrett's wife, Rachel McAdams in that film, it's one of three films where she's played the partner of someone who travels in time. Um, I don't think she's ever played someone who travels in time herself. Um, but she was also in Midnight in Paris. Um, Woody Allen film. Speaking of speaking of films where older men groom younger women, <laughs> yeah, we love those films. I think that's one of the few Woody Allen films where that doesn't happen. But um, uh, where Owen Wilson's character um, finds a way of going back in time to hang out with uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald and people like that, um, Ernest Hemingway, probably. Uh-huh. It's not a very good film in my view. I'm not really a Woody Allen fan. I don't get Woody Allen. But um, yeah, Rachel McAdams doesn't have much to do. She just uh, just sleeps with someone else and then tells them to get over it. But she's rather better in About Time, which is the third of the films she's uh, she's played the partner of a time traveller. Um, Donald Gleeson uh, has a very curious time travelling mechanism where he just stands in a cupboard and holds his thumbs or something. <laughs> uh, I'm going to actually try doing that. Have now. you seen... Have you, <laughs> have you seen About Time? No, no, I haven't. But well, that sounds brilliant. I, I'm going to watch it. I mean, the time travel doesn't work at all. Um, the, Richard Curtis, who wrote and directed it, I think, he, he clearly didn't care about whether time travel worked or not in, in concept. So he, he can go back in time in his own timeline, but wherever he goes back, he just suddenly, I guess, must disappear from where he really was and reappears in the cupboard. Um, I think the, the whole point of the film is, is not the time travel bit. I think it's more of a... Well, it's a, it's a romantic comedy, and then it actually becomes um, uh, more of a kind of looking at... The relationships of fathers and, and sons and, and uh, the way that family works. Mm-hmm. It's trying to do a lot, in fact, now I think about it. Because the, the romantic comedy bit stops after about uh, half, uh, about halfway through. Uh, but no, it's, it's a lovely film. Rachel McCombs is, is very good in it. She's being typecast um, now, isn't she? 
but she has been typecast as someone who uh, likes time travelers or marries time travelers. Yeah. Does Doctor Strange time travel? Uh, Doctor Strange, um, he could, I guess, just, if he wanted to. Just, He's. I just think because Rachel McAdams is in that and possibly possibly playing the love interest in that, so maybe she can make it four. I still have no idea who she's playing, though. That's the thing. I didn't know Doctor Strange she's, had a love interest. She's playing the night nurse, isn't she? Oh, is she? Wasn't that Claire Temple in Daredevil? Um, apparently not. She just plays a generic person who shares many of the same qualities. No. Oh. Um, huh. There you go. Got sidetracked a bit there. Um, but yeah, I think About Time is probably the best uh, romantic comedy time travel movie I've ever seen. Also, possibly the only one. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, what about Interstellar? Oh goodness me, Interstellar! That's not, that's not on my list. Isn't that time um, travel as well? It is. Because I guess it. I guess it must it, be. It's the same thing as well. It's just one single time stream. Because it was him who caused the bookshelves to uh, vibrate. <laughs> so, so Interstellar. It, it, it was a film that a lot of people liked. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it made any sense at all. No, me neither. I think we watched it together, didn't we? Did we? There we we go. probably did, yeah. We did, yes. Yeah. But yes, he, he, he changed... I say, he moves in time through the power of love, doesn't he? Yeah. To, to quote uh, to the back feature song. So I was going with more Huey Lewis in the news, but, but fine. Yeah, both works. Um, well, Frankie goes to Hollywood. There's loads of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, that made a big deal about being kind of really scientifically accurate and... and it's, yeah, you? because he poked it was just... um, two holes with a pen through a paper. <laughs> and that, that explained everything. Yeah, that explains everything. Yeah, I, I shared the same um, same opinion as you, Colin. It's, I think I mentioned to you before that the more people point out that, oh, you're too stupid to understand this. This is like yeah. the work of pure genius. And I'm like, oh, the more I dislike <laughs> the film. Yes. Well, I can see... So- that brings me nicely to the film Primer. Um, so you've not seen Primer, have no, you? No, I've not. No, I, I, I did some research for the show. That's the kind of dedicated uh, dedicated man I am. Um, there's a film called Primer, which I, I'd heard of, and I'd, I'd seen a clip of, and it's supposed to be the kind of the most complex time travel story ever. Um, it's a really, really low-budget film. It's made for like $7,000, um, which is phenomenal. I mean, it, it doesn't look kind of quite up to the, the levels of your, your Hollywood standards, but you, it looks like it costs... At least a hundred times that, um, and, and the idea of that these these two guys who uh, who basically invent time traveling boxes, um, and it starts off relatively uh, accessible in that you kind of they move around the time and they, they you can just not work out what they're doing, um, but by the end it's so incredibly complex. Like, ha- having watched the film, I then watched a twenty three minute YouTube video explaining what happened. <laughs> <laughs> And having watched that, I, I then got it. But yeah, they were very much, um, let's not dumb this down. This is just really, really clever. And I, I mean, I don't want all, all movies to be kind of spelled out. Yeah, I agree. But I, I do feel that if you watch a film and don't understand at all what's just happened, maybe it's the film's fault. Yeah, and, and going into it, I knew it was complex, so I was, I was really paying attention. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, I just got... You know, when you told me about I it, got, um, I went on Wikipedia to search for oh, yeah. Primer and they had a very complicated diagram of yes, <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah. I was like, ah, I'm glad Colin is doing this instead of me. <laughs> That's all. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it does make sense. Apparently some of the bits that 
happen just aren't on screen, uh, which seems, again, a bit of a cop-out. But they have really thought about how it would work, and then it all makes sense, unlike things like About Time, where they just don't really care how it works, because that's not the point. Um and this film Looper, I don't know if you've seen Looper. Yes. Did we see that together? Yeah, I, we, we probably did. It's one time um, as well, isn't it? Or is it a parallel? Yeah, so universe? I can't remember now which one it was. I think they go for one timeline. So the idea of Looper, for those of you who haven't seen it, is um, uh, rather than killing criminals, they get sent back in time to be killed. Not entirely sure why. Um, and there's a chap uh, played by Jason Gordon-Levitt and later by Bruce Willis, um, who is one of the people who kills people that get sent back in time. Um, but eventually they get sent back to be killed by themselves. Which you thought would open up all kinds of paradoxes, but uh, apparently it works. And again, Looper's one of the films that doesn't really bother explaining how it all works too much. They just kind of say, right, this is what, this is the dynamics, just assume it works and we'll go from there. And it turns out to be a film that's not really that much about time travel after all. The only thing that impressed me with that is how much Joseph Gordon-Levitt looked like Bruce Willis. They did a great job, didn't they? <laughs> they look so similar. It's so creepy. Because <laughs> in reality, Joseph Gordon-Levitt doesn't look anything like Bruce no. Willis. They did some great work. Maybe he's trying to get a gig in the, uh, the Die Hard prequel that's uh, apparently coming out. Is he? Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I don't know if he's, he's put his name forward for that, but he, he can at least prove he can look like Bruce Willis. So that's the important thing. Oh. But yeah, there's, there's even one scene where they're kind of sat in a diner together and he says, I'm not going to explain what time travel means. Let's just get on with it. Like, well, yeah, well, there you go. That's, it's too yeah, complicated for our feeble can't, minds. Can't argue with that. Yeah, that must be it. But there's a great scene which um, they, they've kidnapped a guy from the past and, and his future self is trying to escape. And basically they just keep cutting off his body parts. Um, so as the older guy is running away, like you can see his, like, his leg comes off so he stumbles down and then his arm comes off and all this. And that's fun, but it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, does it? I mean, if if his leg was cut off in the past, there's no way he'd have been able to run that far. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. I might might be saying this doesn't make any sense quite a lot in this in this talk. But that's time travel, I suppose. Yeah. Do do you put do you include time loops as part of time travel as well? So films like Groundhog Day, do you consider that time travel, or is it just? In my in my notes for this, I have to note mm. I've written Groundhog Day slash Edge of Tomorrow slash Source Code hyphen Do they count? Yeah. Um, so who knows? I I, I don't suppose it. Uh, we need to make a definitive no, call. We can, have I, another, I we can have another chat on time loops instead of on time loops. Okay, let's leave those leave those three alone yeah. then. Other than to say, I think they're all great films, um, and I think Edge of Tomorrow and Source Code in particular are underrated. Very underrated films. Uh, but I haven't mentioned my favorite no. time travel film yet. Okay. It's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Fantastic. Yes. That is, a, that is without a shadow of a doubt, Keanu Reeves' best it film. It's brilliant. The Matrix. It is so <laughs> brilliant. I remember watching it when I was younger, and then I borrowed the DVD again um, oh, yeah. 10 years ago, I think, 9 years ago. And it was still so funny. <laughs> I loved it. And so again, it's another one I used to watch the cartoon series when I was a kid. Was it a cartoon um, series? Yeah, oh, I've yeah, clearly been missing yeah. out now. Yeah, stop recording this. Rush off to YouTube and, uh, and look at all those. Um, but the first one, if I remember rightly, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you don't really get any of the kind of time travel dynamics, how does it all work thing, because the whole thing is they're just going back in time to find figures from history, yes. isn't it? You don't get exactly. to exciting time loops or anything like that. But it is great fun. The second one, though, which I thought was terrible, although a lot of people like, they did go into the whole 
we went back in time to get the key to unlock this, and therefore we the key is now in my pocket. Type malarkey. Uh, or maybe I haven't seen So yeah, the, the, they're locked up, and they say, oh, "How you, how did you escape?" Like, well, after we escape, we go back and get the key and put it in my pocket. Therefore, it's here. Uh-huh. You know, this kind of thing. Uh, right. Um, which uh, I think they play it more for laughs than trying to uh, trying to explain the true dynamics of time travel, um, which is wise, I think. What's the second film called again? Uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Of course. Uh, they also go to hell in that film. It's it's weird. Yeah, I've learned the word bogus from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> I definitely did. Is it? It's taught me so much. Do you get to use the word bogus much in conversation? Uh, not much, but I can do from now on. Excellent. Yeah. The other thing about time travel movies is that they, time travel is really powerful. Um, so they have to make ways in which it won't work. So things like Back to the Future, the car runs out of petrol, say, or runs out of plutonium, actually, doesn't mm. it? Both of those. So otherwise it's kind of like, well, what's the problem? Just jump back in the time machine and go back a bit. Um, and you have a box of it, time turners on a shelf. Exactly, knock over yeah, that shelf. That's yeah. Because they have this in Doctor Who all the time. You think, well, who cares if that person's died? Just jump in the TARDIS and go back. And they have this whole thing about, oh, it's a fixed point. You can't change fixed points in time. Mm. They, they try and find uh, ways around it, which you kind of have to, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Uh, uh, otherwise, it's... Uh, so things like um, X-Men Days of Future Past, they can only send back Wolverine because it would kill anyone else. And then you can... Uh, sometimes time travel is used, to say, like, like in Days of Future Past, to, to reboot a, a universe. So they've decided, actually, we didn't like what happened. So in, in the case of X-Men, Brian Singer didn't like X-Men 3. Who did? Uh, so it's like, right, we're going to just change everything. They did that in Star Trek as well, didn't they? Yeah. The first Star Trek... Well, not the first Star Trek movie, but the reboot Star Trek movie. It was convenient that they gave mutant powers to a character who did not have time travel powers before, the ability to go through time. Yeah, I mean, if she can go through a wall, surely she can yeah, go through that's, time. That's, that makes so much sense. And then, did you? Um, I don't know if you're a fan of the Terminator films. Um, I think the first two are great, and I actually um, liked the uh, the most recent one, which got some really bad reviews. But they again, they reset the whole. In fact, they reset the timeline in pretty much every film. But um, they did some timeline resetting in, in Terminator Genesis, where they they put off uh, Judgment Day for a bit. Although in Terminator, it, Terminator is just so messy in terms of things happening at the same time uh, that I guess they've, they've probably abandoned any sense of logic in that. But you do get a nice scene in Terminator Genesis where Arnie goes back and fights Arnie from the first film. Um, which the CGI wasn't quite up to a, their ambition on that one, but they, they, they almost got there. But by going back and persuading them to move in time again, they entirely change the future. I don't think I've seen the first Terminator film before. Okay, so the time travel in that one, Terminator sent back from the future to try and kill uh, Sarah Connor and therefore revert, because um, her, her, her son is the one who defeats the machines yep. in, the, in the future. Um, so they're trying to, they obviously don't have the time travel the single line of, of, of definitive happening, although it turns out they do. Ignore that. So yeah, Terminator time travel doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, it completely contradicts itself. Um, but that one, there's only one time travel in that first movie, um, is the Terminator and then uh, Kyle Reese follows him back but you don't have all kinds of complicated different timelines happening at the same time or anything it's just they get sent back to sort something out and the rest of it's more just um, kind of an action thriller mm. but a very good one um, Back to Feature 2 I say we're not going to talk too much about Back to Feature Back to Feature 2 is, is a film that um, where they, they like uh, like Terminator Genesis they send someone back into the scenes from a previous film I don't know I, I, I really enjoy that I, I liked it in 
So Back to the Future, you, um, you have Marty McFly playing his guitar, and Back to the Future 2, you have Marty McFly going and watching Marty McFly play the guitar. That's that's great fun. Yeah. I can't remember much about Back to the Future 2 apart from the hoverboards. Oh, the hoverboards. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, yes, but they're going to 2015, yeah. which was the future one, um, and then they go back again to... 1955, and then they go to an alternate 1985, and you get the great scene where Doc Brown gets out his blackboard and shows all the timelines on a blackboard, which is still one of the one of the great uh, time travel ex- explanations, I think. Um, although they did cop out a bit, I think you sometimes have to, but they they left Jennifer somewhere, and, and he's a bit worried she's going to be stuck in an alternate timeline, and, and Doc just says, "Oh no, it'll just change around her." <laughs> what? Will How it? does that work? <laughs> Why would you do that? Even if it does work, how would you know yeah. that? This is the first time you've done this. Because of Doc Brown. He has crazy hair. That's it. The power of crazy hair. Any time travel films we, we, you've seen that we've not mentioned yet? Uh, I didn't know whether I wanted to mention Superman. The first one. I've, I've put Superman he turned here. back yeah. the world. Well, you see, this is uh, apparently um, a common misconception. In that what? Superman, di- he didn't... Uh, turn back time. He went back in time. Did he? Apparently he so. He rotated the Earth backwards. So he didn't rotate the Earth backwards, although it looked like he did. He was he was because he was going back in time. From his point of view, it looked like the Earth was going backwards. So <laughs> it's it may be <laughs> a, a minor minor point, but uh, it does mean that when he went back, there were two Supermans ah. flying around. One of whom was presumably saving lots of people, and the other one who was saving Lois Lane. Ah. There you go. C to Z uh, exclusive there. It's not that exclusive. I read it somewhere and just repeating it. But, yeah. <laughs> the only other one I've got down here is um, the only other one I've got is uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, um, which was uh, a very low budget, or well, not, not as low budget as Primer, but quite a low budget film directed by uh, Colin Trevorrow, mm-hmm. um, who later went on to direct Jurassic World. Um, but that's Phil got Aubrey Plaza, uh, Jack John, no, Jake Johnson. Jack Johnson is the musician, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Mark Duplass. And basically, uh, Mark Duplass has advertised um, for a time travel companion. So the title comes from his advert: "Safety not guaranteed. I, I want someone to time travel with me." And uh, the whole thing is then as journalists filming him and and uh, and interviewing him, and uh, Aubrey Plaza pretends that she is interested in this this gig. So it's kind of a time travel film in that he, he thinks he's creating time travel. Um, and then the whole setup is kind of like, is, has he actually achieved it or is he crazy? Um, I think that's worth watching. It's not You don't get any complex time travel stuff in it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it uh, plays around the ideas nicely. Quite original. So let's travel forward in time to the next segment. That's a, that's a segue right there. Um, which is the actor factor. We're talking about Leonardo DiCaprio. Leo. Or as you have to call him now, Oscar winner Leonardo DiCaprio. Finally. All-time Oscar nominee? Oh, probably is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, he's been around a fair bit. But um, got it for The Revenant. Let's start with The Revenant. Um, do you think he deserved his Oscar? I have not seen The Revenant. Have you no. not? Oh, right. um, it was on my flight home uh, last week, but I had to choose between The Revenant or Kung Fu Panda 3, and I chose <laughs> Kung Fu Panda 3. And then after that, uh, I had to choose between The Revenant and Mockingbird Part 2. And I chose hey, right. Mocking J Part Two, and I chose Mocking J Part Two. And on my way back here, um, there was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, and who wouldn't want to watch Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? So I watched that. So unfortunately, I didn't see The Revenant. 
Okay. Well, the Academy thought differently to you, um, and they, they watched it. Um, he he is very good in it, but it's basically, uh, he doesn't get much to say. It's just a lot of him being in pain and crawling across snow. Um, and it, it looks very impressive. I don't, I don't think there was a very strong competition last year in terms of best actor, so I've got no objection to him winning it, really. Uh, but I don't think it was his best best performance. It was just Oscar bait anyway, wasn't it? Because it felt like he deserved an Oscar, he needed an Oscar, and there you go. An Oscar, a film has... that just focuses on you. Because he has been doing a fair bit of Oscar bait over, over the years. I mean, maybe he maybe he just likes doing it. But I think even things like J. Edgar, which I haven't seen, but that was kind of a classic biopic. Um, and biopics quite often get best actor. He was very good in The Aviator, which again was a biopic of Howard Hughes. Um, Playing Howard Hughes, who uh, was kind of a millionaire and, a, and a aviator, as the title suggests, and then um, went a little bit crazy and a recluse, um, refusing to to speak to anyone. Have you? And Leo did that did that very well, um, and I think probably that is my favourite performance of his. He lost out to Jamie Fox that year for the Oscar. Okay, uh, I liked him in The Departed. Yes, yeah, he was good in that. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's because I love The Departed as a film as well. It's a very good. Very very good film, um, but have you seen the original? Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen the original Infernal Affairs. Yeah, yeah, I've not seen that. Which was much darker than what The Departed was, but The Departed was a brilliant film in its own right. So I, I enjoyed. It. I thought Jack Nicholson was brilliant yeah, in, in that. There were yeah, there's well, such good that, performances there. That's the thing. Without, without wishing to spoil the ending, um. So many people got killed by the end that people started laughing in the cinema. Oh, uh, <laughs> basically, because the last ten minutes or so was just people turn up and then get shot. Yep. Um, but uh, weirdly, Mark Wahlberg got Oscar nominated for that, but uh, oh, Jack Nicholson didn't. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, is it Mark Wahlberg? Because that's uh, Matt. Who, who did Mark Wahlberg play? Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't the Matt Damon character. Oh. He was. Um, Martin Sheen's second. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. A lot of great actors in that film. Mm, that was a good film. I like the film. Whatever it is, I've, 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 I've made a list. I've seen twelve Leo films. Wow. I don't think any any of them are actually bad. Because um, usually, like you see some bad films from an actor. The worst one, I think, is The Great Gatsby, which was disappointing. Um, so, uh, him and Kerry Mulligan. It's it, they tried filming it two or three times and never really successfully. I think Rob Redford did it. Um, Back in the I don't know sixties or seventies, um, it's it's a book that Americans love. It's one of the one of the great Classics, American novels. But, yeah, um, but clearly doesn't translate to the screen too well. Recently, Leo films you really didn't like. Um, I've seen his Christian Bale, uh, not Christian Bale, um, Christopher Nolan films. Oh yes. Yeah. So I've seen Inception. I enjoyed Inception. That was classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was entertaining. And what was the other film? Was it The Island again? He was in. Uh, he was in Shutter. Yeah, Island. Shutter Island. That's the that, one. That, that was uh, Martin Scorsese. Oh. Um, okay. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that film. Shutter no, Island. I, I I enjoyed. It. I think the, the twist was a bit obvious. Yeah, I thought the twist was very obvious. I thought they were trying a bit too hard in that film. Uh, co-star Mark Ruffalo, I think he's always worth watching. Um, quite a quiet presence in that film. But yeah, it's, I guess it's not really a horror film. No, is it? No, there are no. a few jump, jump scares in it and no. um, a few fairly odd scenes. But yeah, I, 
it's halfway. I, I ranked the films. I think it's halfway down the list. <laughs> ranked the films. So what's number one? Uh, number one is Romeo and Juliet. I, I think that's a outstanding adaptation. Um, oh wow! Kind of moving, moving. Yeah, well, I love that film. Moving Shakespeare into uh, the modern day, or what, what was the modern day in whenever it was, nineteen ninety nine or something. Yeah, I've not seen that. Um, I know the song from that though. The famous "What a Time for Us." Ah, uh, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, it's got a great soundtrack. The the, the last uh, track by Radiohead called uh, actually called "Exit Music for a Film," um, and oh, very very emotional. It's it's. I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think I need to worry about spoilers in Romeo and Juliet, do I? Um, it's it's been around for four hundred years. Um, so Romeo and Juliet both died. What? Uh, I know. What? I know. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> How did you not know? <sighs> yeah, go on. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, it was one of the most uh, emotional endings to a film I've uh, come across. But he was still very... I think he was very young. I said ninety nine. It might have even been uh, before Titanic, now I think about it. Oh. It's the kind of thing that podcasts that do research would find out, but not me. Um, but yeah, he plays off very well against Claire Danes, and uh, they bring... Because they, they use original Shakespeare's language. I mean, they play around with it a bit, but they... Um, yeah, you've definitely seen more... It's seeming too weird. Yeah, Leo films than I have, I think. Has he done any animation? I probably have seen them. Oh, right. I probably wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, I, he was probably in Shark Tale. Everyone's in Shark Tale. Yeah. I was in Shark Tale. We were, um, we were like the fishes at the back. That's right, yeah. It was a non-speaking role, but we were <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, but we were um, there. Uh, Catch Me If You Can. That's a, a, a classic. Have you seen that? Seen no. That <laughs> no, this is... He plays... Um, it, was, it was before he was trying to win an Oscar. Um, so he plays Frank William Alcantale, who was... Um, Basically, a, a con man, effectively. But he's, when he was still in school, he was pretending to be an airline pilot. And it's a really kind of jaunty, uh, uh, slick film, Spielberg. And Tom Hanks plays an FBI guy who's chasing him across the country. I think there's a musical about yeah, it as it's, well. Is there really? Isn't there? Okay. No, I think. I've not, not heard of it, but maybe. Mm. No. So. Uh, Anything else? I think we've gone through most of the list. I've seen. Yeah, well, films. I've obviously Titanic. Yeah, I've seen Titanic. Titanic. Uh, there you Day. go. Spoilers, the, the ship sinks. <laughs> um, you knew that one, right? What? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, what, what, there's nothing new to say about Titanic, is there? I think no. uh, people, people made their minds up about that yeah. one. Uh, Blood Diamond, i seen I didn't love, I'll be honest. I thought it was fine. He was doing a uh, Zimbabwean accent in that one. I think The Wolf of Wall Street is one of, one of my least favourite of his films. Um, I have a friend who he says it's the greatest film of all time, but uh, it's basically him drinking and uh, taking drugs and lots of prostitutes, and it goes on for far too long. I find it difficult to believe that Martin Scorsese came out of the editing bay and said, yep, no, we've cut it down as much as we can. That's it. I, I shouldn't, I mean, I, I shouldn't really be telling Martin Scorsese how to make films, because, you know, he's one of the greatest directors ever, and I've never made a film, but um, it was too long. I have a rule, as you may know, Zijan, that no film needs to be longer than two and a half hours. Um, and that film was. So there you go. How long was it? Uh, I was getting towards three hours. Oh, really? Wow. So as we usually do, um, I say usually, this is only our second episode, we, we need to say definitively the best and worst films of Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, you, you haven't really said any films that you didn't like. No, that's the thing. Cause, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I pretty much enjoy all the films I watch with him in it. Well, that's the thing. I, okay. I haven't seen many films, to be fair. So it's a great Gatsby's bottom of my list. Are you going to object to that, or shall we go with that? Yeah, I'm happy okay. with that. <laughs> I've seen it. Okay. I'll let you know once I've Fine. seen it. 
And top of my list is Romeo and Juliet. Top of my is The Departed. Well, there you go. Let's not bother arguing no. about it. Um, let's say the joint top. Brilliant. That's Active Factor for this week. Um, as, as I keep saying, you can email in your uh, your requests uh, if there's any particular actor you want to talk about. And um, We have a request. In fairness, it's from my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, to talk about Judy Dench. Yeah, you told Next me about time. that, and I was going through my Judy Dench catalog of films. And oh yes, <laughs> they were surprisingly sparse, or not unsurprisingly sparse. <laughs> okay, well, you've got two weeks to, to, <laughs> to brush out my watch Judy, as many Dench. Judy Dench films you can, and uh, and that's what we'll be doing uh, next time. What? Go with you, Zajan. <laughs> I, you I can name well. two James Bond films for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Must have seen Shakespeare in Love. Possibly. Yeah, so that's my first and my, my favourite and my least favourite day. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Let's say we'll do that, and um, if he mentions it to me, it means he's listened this far, and if he doesn't, we can do something Yay, else. okay. I'm going to edit this right, anyway, uh, so we'll see how far he'll listen to it. <laughs> that's true. Which means leaves us only one thing to do, and it's the, uh, the C to Z quiz. Uh, last time we did a quiz on the Jungle Book, Um Ten questions between us, and we got three right. So uh, let's see if we can do better this time. Uh, this time round, we've got a quiz on the Ghostbusters. Now, we've both dressed up as characters from the Ghostbusters, haven't we? Yeah, we did for the Hair and Hounds. Hair and Hounds, which is um, Bristol-based, um, uh, kind of pub crawl quiz thing. Um, I was dressed up as one of them. I forget which one. I hope that's not one of your questions. Uh, and you dressed up as the uh, the state the Marshmallow Man. There you yeah, go. Which was um, very warm. We're sort of experts in this field, other than the fact that I wasn't allowed to watch Ghostbusters when I was a kid. Why not? Um, I don't really know. I think my mum just didn't like it. Um, so uh, I might struggle. I have seen the film once. Yeah. I've not seen the sequel or the cartoon series. Oh, the cartoon series is actually really good. We should do a new podcast about cartoon series spin-offs from films, because uh, Ghostbusters, Jumanji, Bill and Back Ted. Back to the Future as well. All, uh, Back to course, the one. Yeah, I've not seen that one. So shall we start? We got. Let's start. Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Yep. Go. Number one. What is the name of Chris Hemsworth's character in the upcoming Ghostbusters film? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can tell you that the secretary's the... name is Janine. In the okay, original right. Ghostbusters so film, she's called Janine. I'm not sure whether that'll help. He's probably called Jonathan. Jonah. 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 No. Uh, nope, it's Kevin. See, Janine, Kevin, sounds the same. JK. I, I actually said Jonathan, but I was wrong either way. Um, okay. Well, your turn. Uh, or my turn. Uh, what is the name of Sigourney Weaver's character in the film? Oh. I will accept just the first name if you want. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, 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 I saw it earlier today and can't remember what it was. You, you watched the film today? No, no, no. Um, I was <laughs> browsing Wikipedia earlier today. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> Is it March? It's uh, Dana. Yeah, it's close. They're yeah, so close. Where are you? Where are you, though? <laughs> okay, so it's, it's nil-nil after one question each. Uh, hit me with a second. I thought I was supposed to make this easier. That was easy. Oh. My next question. Yep. What was the subtitle of the Ghostbusters 3 film, which was cancelled in 1995? You're asking questions about non-existent. That was brilliant, right? <laughs> I told you I was going to make it difficult since the last one. I didn't know you were going to make um, it easier. Was it uh, back in action? Uh, nope. Close. It was Hellbent. 
Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Okay, question two. Um, can you tell me either of the two Oscar nominations the first film received? Um, best original song, right? Correct. Good work. The other one was Best Visual Effects. Yeah. Which you lost to Indiana Jones, I think. Uh, I think it did, yeah, yeah. There you go. 1-0 to you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's only going to get more difficult from this. <laughs> um, complete this quote from the first Ghostbusters. We came, we saw, we... Kicked some ass. Yeah, that's right. There yeah, you go. Yeah, well done. Oh, pulled it level. Yeah, why not? Didn't see that coming. Right, here's your question three. Um, in what year was Ghostbusters 2 released? In what year? Yeah. Do I have like a five-year leeway on both sides? You have no leeway what? whatsoever. Why? Uh, Why? Because uh, if I give you a five-year leeway. 1991? No. Uh, 1989. Oh, I was going to say that. Dang it. Why did I change? You see, if I had a five-year leeway. If you had a five-year leeway, you could have given me the year the first one was released. <laughs> yeah. That's not one of your questions. Uh, okay, so it's one all going into the fourth uh, question. This is going to be easy. So was, um, who wrote and performed the theme song for Ghostbusters? Was it Ray Parker yep, Jr.? Right. Okay, my question for, who sang the Ghostbusters theme tune? Hey, Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> There Why you not? go. We feared this might happen, yeah, didn't we? It was um, bound to happen. But still, to all. Um, and your final yeah, question. Yeah, um, so who was known on set as Onion Head due to the foul stench it admitted? Who was known as Onion yep. Head due to the foul stench it admitted? Who or what? Um, or what? I'm trying to think what things what, um, were. Was it. Uh, Slimer. Yeah, that's right. Really? I thought that was just all uh, computer animated. Yeah, so there you go. Ah, I feel pretty good about this. Um, and so your final question to to, to Paul Level. Uh, what YouTube record did the trailer for the Ghostbusters reboot achieve in May? It achieved a record? It achieved a YouTube record uh, in May. Oh, did the tra- it? The trailer for the, uh, the reboot. Most comments? No, it was most dislikes for most. a, a non-music <laughs> video. So, yeah, people are not happy about this one. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, there you go. We we did better than uh, the North Ring, didn't we? Yeah, we did. 3-2. So, Three, two, five so out of ten. That's not too bad. Yeah. That puts me in a 2-0 uh, lead for the uh, for the series. Uh, are we actually keeping a tally of this? Oh, we certainly are, now that I'm winning. Um, oh, man. Um, so what are we doing next week? Do we have an idea yet? Um... No, yet again, I was hoping that something would strike me as we were. Uh, sorry to hit the table. Uh, I was hoping that something would strike me as we we're going through. And mm. um, no, tell you what, let's do it on uh, the Shawshank Redemption, since we're doing a, a recasting thing on that. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. So next time, uh, five questions each on the Shawshank Redemption. Um, let's see if I can pull into an even greater lead in the series. Uh, that's all. All we're talking about today, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, we're going to make. Uh, we're going to mention that in two weeks' time, we'll be talking about X-Men Apocalypse, I think. That's right. Yeah, the first reviews are out and they're not very good. But uh, No, because Disney is paying all the critics. That's right. But since Disney's not paid us yet, we will uh, give our own uh, own unbiased views on that one and maybe talk a bit about the uh, other X-Men films. Um, I haven't booked anything yet, but I'm sure I'll watch it fairly. Uh, fairly it's out uh, it's at the end of this week, isn't it? So. Yeah, it's out uh, this week, yes. Great, well, that's uh, that's something to look forward to, and we'll see you all in two weeks' time. Bye, guys.